It can feel like childhood is just one big growth spur, and some days we do wish it would just slow down. But what about the times where it feels like it goes faster than normal? Hello, I'm Kat Cuby, presenter, broadcaster and short arse, and this is Sarah Carpenter, baby and child sleep expert and author. She's not a grower, lovable from the first moment you meet her. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think that's maybe the funniest introduction you've given me. (laughs) She's not a grower. (laughs) You're quite short too, so it's okay, right? I know, super short. Good things come in small packages, as my mum used to say. (laughs) Together, we are the Sleep Mums. I am always so torn about giving my kids some time to play before bedtime because all too often they want to watch TV or look at tablets. Yoto is the best screen-free audio platform on the market. From age three, it puts kids in control of their listening, learning and play while reassuring parents that the content they're interacting with is kid-friendly with no ads, no microphone and no camera. Yoto is suitable for newborns until age three with parents in control of the player and then as they grow, the Yoto grows with them. It's equally good for little kids all the way up to tweens and beyond. The Yoto works a wee bit like a CD player used to. Wow, that makes me feel old. You're a baby! (laughs) But they are so much better. Better connected, better designed and better made to withstand the love and destruction of tiny people as well as the huge range of cards and stories that are ideal for a screen-free bedtime. Yoto also has loads of daily free content, like Yoto Daily, Yoto Radio and Sleep Radio. Amy is a big fan of that. Don't worry about screen time and go audio time instead with Yoto. Just head to yotoplay.com for more information. So, growth spurts. These fabled things get as much slack as regressions and teething. Baby or child grumpy? Ah, they must be growing. That's not to say they're not a thing. Growth spurts can be really intense for both baby and parent. Let's start with when our babies have growth spurts and actually what does it mean? So the sort of standard growth spurts that we hear a lot of parents talking about are around about 10 days and then there's another big one at six weeks and then another one around about four months and another one around about six months. So they are the common ones that you hear people referring to or the common times that you hear people starting to stress and get a little bit anxious because things are changing and that is why because they are having scheduled growth spurts. That doesn't mean that they're not growing in between times, though. Babies are always growing and developing. These are just the ones and the key times that seem to really affect the routine, if there is one, and things that have been maybe quite settled then start to change a little bit. Is it like, I don't know, obviously, I don't know the physiology of this, but is it a bit of a kind of, I was about to say clusterfuck, and I didn't mean (laughs) a bit of a cluster (laughs) of development that happens around those things. So growing's happening all the time, but those points that you talked about, seem to be the times that there's like physical, mental, um, like behavioral, uh, like a whole like litany of, of, is that the right word? A, A whole list anyway of things that are changing at those moments. So it's almost like an overwhelming amount of growth. So it's like Little little bit of growth, a little bit of growth, big growth. Yeah, exactly. And it can tie in with like hormonal changes for mum as well. So as if you're breastfeeding, then milk's changing and things. So it's all of that. So yeah, it's a massive change. It's not just the steady growth. It is huge developmental changes in every area. 
And what does it actually mean in like real terms? As in what happens at those points? So it, it basically means that you're going to have a, a little bit of an unsettled baby for about around about 72 hours. That's kind of the crux of it. Some babies do just sleep through growth spurts though, so they don't actually get that affected by it. But that causes anxiety in its own way because people panic that they're not eating enough during that time. So it's a double-edged sword. You don't want a grizzly, grumpy baby that's eating extra, but equally you don't want a baby that appears to go on hunger strikes. So both of those things can cause a little bit of anxiety in the parent. And I think it's that unknown because like a lot of yeah. um a lot of the things that you've mentioned or, or we both mentioned, those come with like teething or whatever. So, you know, it, it can be hard to kind of know what it is i think the only one that is really super clear and can't actually be mixed up with anything else tends to be the 10 day one why is that all the others can coincide with other changes why is that pretty much because there's nothing else going on at that time you know they're not weaning they're not at the six month one they're changing they're developing fast they're um moving on to um solids the four month one coincides with the one to four month sleep regression what i thought that um, didn't exist it doesn't exist. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you can listen to our podcast on sleep regressions, but um, <laughs> and you can watch the video to see my sarcastic face as I'm saying it. Um, whereas the ten day one, it is all all that you're doing at that stage is feeding your baby milk. So it's really obvious when they're going through a growth spurt because there's no teething, there's no other issues, unless there's other issues like reflux, colic. Um, allergies and things like that so that's the clearest one I think for parents to identify as the 10 day one. I wonder as well because quite often babies might wake up or uh, begin to wake up around that time as well so that there's sort of those things are coinciding too as in they might be kind of and kind of getting the hang of feeding a possibly although that certainly wasn't the case for me. No I think yeah I mean that varies drastically baby to baby but certainly after that first growth spurt they always seem to wake up a lot more unless they've been born a little bit older so I've got two questions isn't is there not one around 10 months as well or is that just again a bit more developmental it seems that one seems to be a little bit more developmental it's not as drastic and not as unsettling as the other ones so um it doesn't get talked about quite as much and what about post the baby year you know like they obviously continue happening throughout childhood so are there any other kind of major ones that there's a lot of major ones um, throughout the years. They generally tend to coincide with hormones as well. So, I mean, again, with children, they are growing all the time, but you will see at different points in a child's year, they will have a major growth spurt, but it can vary child to child when that happens. Presumably it also varies in babies as well. It's just that it's a little bit more little bit more defined, or is it not really? Can it I, yeah, I know I think it is a little bit more defined in babies, definitely. Is that because it's almost like like their growing is so accelerated anyway for most for most babies that it's almost like it does coordinate more, whereas once they kind of get a bit older, the, there's more variance in growth yeah and I also think with babies it's because the um, needs change so much it's more obvious so you can pinpoint it whereas and harder to keep on top of yeah you know with children they are hungry all the time they go through (laughs) hunger phases constantly so you can't really say oh yeah he's extra hungry he's going through a growth spurt I mean sometimes you do but 
it's just not quite as clean cut as with babies. I mentioned at the start that grumpiness in our little ones usually gets blamed on regressions or so-called leaps, sorry Sarah, uh, teething or of course growth spurts. There's loads of similarities between these things though because of the whole lack of sleep thing that normally goes along with them. So how do I know, how would I definitely know it's a growth spurt and not one of those other things? And does it really matter because are you treating them any differently anyway? No, I mean it really doesn't matter but if you want to identify that it's not something else, then generally a growth spurt is going to be... Or something you should be worried uh, exactly. about, I suppose. So it's generally going to be between 24 and 72 hours. If it goes on longer than that, then yeah, you might want to investigate what else is going on and why it's extended because it's unlikely to be a growth spurt, especially if it's gone on for more than 72 hours. Obviously, if they're still eating and eating more and going through the growth spurt in that way, then it doesn't really matter, you know, as long as you can keep up with it, then it's fine. It's more for the babies who have gone into a sleepy growth spurt that if it was going on longer, you would want to identify why. And if they are sleepier, like obviously when they're really little, you want to be waking them up for the feeds anyway. But when they get a bit older, how, you know, say post six months when they are having solids, like, uh, I mean, you kind of probably want to be sticking to a routine anyway, but, you know, can you allow them to be sleepier? I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's an element of sometimes you don't have any choice. So, yes, continue to wake them up for their scheduled milk and solids. But if they're falling asleep in the car or the buggy when you're en route to places, there's not a great deal you can do about that. So go with the flow a little bit. If they're that sleepy during the day, they're still going to continue to be that sleepy at night as well. So it will all balance out. And then when they come out the other side, they'll be back into their regular routine. Um, I'm going to throw something in here. Can you, does it ever work, like say if you do have a sleepy growth spurt, that actually it can resolve some issues because it allows you to get into a better routine? So, yes and no. It can in the sense that if baby has needed this growth spurt to get to a point where they can sustain themselves, then yes, it can help. It's not necessarily going to be the magic cure that suddenly they're going to come out the other side and automatically start waking up spot on the timings that you want them to for feeds and solids but yeah it can definitely the developmental changes in size and ability and capacity to take on more to take more food on board and sustain themselves for longer can definitely help Just when you're getting the hang of a somewhat reasonable routine, it can feel like your baby suddenly decides that there's a better way. They're hungry every hour and think naps or sleep in general is for losers. So will a growth spurt mess up our routine? We've obviously talked about when they're sleepier and not worrying too much, but what about when it's the opposite? Does it mess up a routine and what do you do? Yes, in a nutshell, it will mess up your routine, whether that means that they're sleeping more or feeding more and eating more it is going to make changes to your routine. But because it's a short-lived thing, you know, 24 to 72 hours, you are getting back on track really quickly. You kind of have to dig deep, like especially when you're in those real early stages and they're just feeding and you feel like you've just started to stretch them. You might have just hit that golden three hours between feeds and then all of a sudden they're feeding every 90 minutes. But remember that there's a reason for it and they are going to get through the other side really quickly. You have thrown up an interesting question for me what is there a difference between say cluster feeding and growth spurts because quite often essentially what we're saying is you end up cluster feeding 
through a growth spurt. Yeah, and you end up cluster feeding 24 hours a day. So you're not just cluster feeding for a period of time in the evening. They are cluster feeding literally for 24 hours for up to three days. And obviously we talk about planned cluster feeding in our book, Sleep Better Baby, available in all good bookstores. Um, but um, and, and you can't really plan it so much with a growth spurt but as such but is there a way to manage it so that you know obviously it's whether you're bottle feeding or breastfeeding both are laborious in different ways yeah I mean I would still try and hit the two to two and a half hour mark between feeds even when they are um, going through a growth spurt what you might find is that you're just having to feed extra overnight if they started to extend a little bit overnight then you're actually increasing those night feeds during the growth spurt Um, but you can still kind of set a timer for when you're prepared to feed as long as you don't go for hours and hours without feeding I I guess obviously we were writing the book when I had ever and so there was you know we, there was a lot more thought and we were writing about growth spurts and things like that um but I definitely found with him I was less maybe because I knew they were happening or I just was I, I was just more conscious of them that I really really just well, obviously when we weren't writing I just went with it and I actually really enjoyed his growth spurts because he did feed more but I, it was more like he was feeding longer so I totally just snuggled up with him on the sofa for those sort of early ones and um, I, I mean you know clearly there's a lot of other things and we're going to talk about you know different babies and things like that but I think trying not to worry too much about it messing your routine up because you know like we say with bad days or any of these things you have the skills to come back from it and that if you if you just keep in your mind I think this is what I mean I was able more easily able to do because I knew more about it to be like this is a short-term thing we're talking one to three days and then it'll be different so just have enjoy this moment if you can I mean I know you can't really enjoy those moments and I'm totally looking back on it in halcyon <laughs> like halcyon days and it totally yeah. wasn't but you know um yeah try not to, to worry about it and if you can a little bit like when you're making changes just try and clear clear your diary of things and go with the flow a bit more to, to yeah. listen to your baby definitely I think that's so true like it is a short-term thing okay you can't necessarily plan it because it's not your choice when it comes but if when it starts you can just snuggle up and get on with it then it will make such a difference to both of you there's all these apps that can track development and you know I know we've kind of nudged on it a couple of times people talk about I, I can see your face people talk about regressions like you can set a clock by them are growth spurts like that? Will every baby or child be the same? Are you, are you struggling? Are you like going to... No. <laughs> Was I just building up the rage in you there? <laughs> Shall I talk a bit more about apps that track I was, sure was going <laughs> to cough or get angry. <laughs> no, you can't. Like, no two babies are the same. Even twins. You know, they have growth spurts when they're ready for growth spurts okay they'll be at similar times but you're not going to be able to set your clock and say okay the babies are going to have a growth spurt on day 10 and it's going to start at 11 a.m and it's going to finish 72 hours later doesn't work like that and you know some babies you don't even notice that they've had the the growth spurt you know they they literally do just sail through it um and, and some one growth spurt might be more 
obvious than others. So, you know, you might find that the six month one is really obvious for whatever reason, but you hadn't realised that they were having growth spurts right up until that point. So no, no, I know, I know you shouldn't track it. I know you shouldn't try to track it. Um, and, and obviously, as we sort of said, some babies might be sleepy, some might be super hungry, some might be really grumpy, some uh, might w- be really wakeful, some might be all of those things. <laughs> you know, there isn't a kind of defined thing apart from the fact that essentially when you've got a baby, you've got a happy baby and an unhappy baby. <laughs> you know, it is a wee <laughs> yeah. bit binary in that extent. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean... You just, you, you never know how babies are going to react to things. That's the thing. So don't try and second guess it. Just go with and it. And I guess also, you know, like if if you're listening to this and you've not encountered any growth spurts, d- also don't worry about it. Like that's the whole thing that I yeah, think quite often. It doesn't mean that they haven't had them. Yeah, and quite often. Exactly. Because I think there can be a lot of pressure and about a lot of like fear. Maybe I'm projecting here, but you know, those early stages and the midwife's coming over and weighing your baby. And I think particularly because I've got, I had a lot of like, trauma around like feeding and weight with Indy but I find that the whole process very stressful so there is a wee bit of me that's like that idea of like growth spurts and weight and gain that makes me feel a little bit yeah exactly there's so much pressure put on you as a parent to obviously like support your baby through all these things fatten your baby (laughs) up I was trying to think of the right way to say that. <laughs> I feel like we have a level of ESP there. I could see it in your face. And you're like, that's not the right phrase. <laughs> but, you know, the more the more these things are talked about, the more stressful they become. I was speaking to a client yesterday who, you know, I, I wanted to say to her, just chuck your red book out because it's not helping her. You know, the baby is developing, the baby is gaining weight, not at the same rate that the so-called chart tells you that they should be. And it is really, really stressing them out. Now, we've looked at absolutely everything. We've eliminated any issues. And it is just this little red chart, this little red book that has given her so much stress, even though she has spoken to the correct medical professionals and things like that. And, you know, this baby is absolutely fine. Um, And it's a little bit like that when you talk about the leaps and regressions and growth spurts and things like that. You know, it does just add that bit of pressure onto people. Yeah, and I don't want, I'm not throwing anyone under the bus here, but um, a mistake in our red book was what led people to say that there was nothing wrong with Indy, which when we yeah. then discovered, no, she'd actually gone from 50th to the second percentile in weight and it hadn't been caught. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, like they, they can be good, but they also, human beings make mistakes too. And so they don't, exactly. <laughs> sorry, I've, that was definitely a personal thing. <laughs> They're usually really good. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't, I don't, this is like, we're so going off on a tangent now, but I don't necessarily think that the red book chart should explain to parents yeah. in a way that they understand, so it can cause anxiety. And, you know, it is on, a, it's like a global percentile as well, and, you know, yeah. I'm a wee person, as we discussed at the start, so, you know, <laughs> wee babies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I was never meant to have a big, gigantic, <laughs> But we're so proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) It's all well and good knowing what they are and when you might expect them, but that doesn't mean that they're any easier to cope with. So Sarah, what can we do to calm and comfort our little ones through growth spurts? So in a nutshell, feed them. That is what you need to do through the growth spurts. You know, if you've got one that's not sleeping and does just want to feed all the time, do it. Um, 
if you've got if you're doing bottles and try and share the load so that um you know other people are actually offering the bottle because it can get quite tedious making up all the extra bottles they if you're best feeding then um try and make sure that you've got help to call on so that at least when they're not needing the extra feeds you can get a little bit of space if you want it if you can just snuggle up in bed and let them feed for however long they need to then that's absolutely fine but if you can't then try and get some help just to get you through it and you know looking after yourself in those times as well making sure you're well watered and fed and definitely and you know looked after if you're carrying the load of of the growth spurt otherwise um and it like you know we always say obviously there's there's nothing that can be broken that can't be fixed like do people often find that once if they start feeding a bunch over the growth spurt that it can be difficult to stop feeding as much on the other side or generally not because the baby naturally doesn't want to feed as much as they have been during the growth spurt because they've needed it for a reason when they get through the other side it does generally calm that's not to say it will always because every every baby is different um so you know that's when if you feel like the signs have gone on longer than the 72 hours and aren't settling that's when you would then start to make a plan for getting your routine back in place if you've ruled everything else out and um, this is a kind of uh like I feel like we should have t- I know we sort of started talking about older kids and stuff as well but um obviously there are periods of time where they go through like growing pains again I don't think there's a heap of research on this but personally both of my kids have gone through what I would call growing pains particularly at night they get sore um indie particular and she's a total weed she just I don't know where she gets it from because she's not she's so tall <laughs> but like her legs just seem to keep growing and she gets a lot of pains at night um but yeah is that kind of like is that the same thing is that what I don't know yes and no but there's not like a set time you know you can't pinpoint it quite in the same way that we do with babies grow spurts um, but yeah essentially they are growing and they, it's horrific for the children when they're going through those really big um, growth spurts when everything hurts. So, I mean, Alfie was like in and just constantly had sore legs at night and we'd be up in the middle of the night bathing him to try and ease some of the pain, giving him hot water bottles and things like that. So you can help them. They tend not to go for food in the same way that babies do. So it's not as clean cut as, oh, he's gone through a growth spurt, he's got sore legs, so let's feed him doesn't work you need to deal with that yeah. pain that they're experiencing I w- I always feel like my kids are like accordions sort of thing it's like without they like bunch up like their bodies kind of seem to get smaller yeah. and squatter and exactly. then they suddenly go whoop, and it's like they've stretched out and then they kind of go squish down squish down mm-hmm. squish down and then they grow up a bit I, I don't know if I'm describing that very well but it's funny because it's like yeah, they're, they're just, mm-hmm. their physical shape just changes so much in that way. It kind of, it is like yeah. they've been yep. squished. No, I'm <laughs> looking at Harry just now and I can see that he is about to stretch again. He's definitely got that rounder look yeah. about him at the moment and then he'll stretch out. Yeah. In every podcast, we answer one of your questions because it makes sense to tie it all together with advice that can actually practically help you. Uh, We love hearing from you guys. And um, if you have a question that you want to ask us, just find us on our social channels at The Sleep Mums on all the usual places, or you can head to our website, thesleepmums.co.uk or send us a wee email, hello at 
thesleepmums.com. This week, we have a question all about growth spouts. Hi, Kat and Zara. I recently weaned my baby and she seems totally ravenous for food and milk. I'm a bit worried by how much she seems to be eating. Like, is that normal or is that, do you think, a good growth spout? So, yeah, I mean, it sounds like if you've recently weaned, then they probably are around about the six-month mark. So it definitely could be a growth spur. It also could be that they are just really enjoying their solids and want to get on board with that. It's a little bit hard to tell um, without knowing if they're still having milk feeds at night. But it's certainly after a couple of days, if they go through this sort of starving period and they're eating everything in sight and they are still having milk over night, then you could look at cutting back on that because the likelihood is that developmentally they are ready if they've gone through this growth spurt. Um, so then you would just be putting a bit of a solid and milk routine in place during the day to compensate for that. But yeah, if they're hungry and they're looking for it and it's within the day, then definitely give them as much as they want to eat. I think it can, like, see when you wean your baby, sometimes, obviously different babies, different things, different, you know, ways of doing so. Um, Obviously some people really struggle and if that's new, then, you know, this is not a kind of a meant to be like, make you feel shit about it. But some babies just do seem really, really hungry once they start eating, like they're really into it. And I think that can be quite oh, surprising because yeah. I think some people wean their baby and expect them to just be having like you know a tiny a few mouthfuls of this or a wee bite of that and actually they're like no I am into this you know I remember when on in our sleep clubs you know quite often you know the parents would be like oh I gave them this much and they seem like they want more but I, I didn't want to give them it because that's too much isn't it yeah and you're like well, if they're hungry. I think that's the thing. I think it's really difficult because there's not a lot of guidance on quantities. And actually, if your baby's hungry, then keep feeding them. They will tell you when they're, they've had enough and they will stop. You just need to be aware that they can still take on milk as well, because obviously at six months, milk is still the main part of their diet. So you're just getting that balance. But yeah, um, you know, one baby might take like four little mouthfuls and the baby next door, who's exactly the same age, um, exactly the same stage developmentally, might take 30 little mouthfuls. And it does just really vary. And day to day, it can vary just like us. You know, we don't eat the same every single day. I've like not managed my entire bowl of spaghetti hoops today. That is unheard of. I know. <laughs> so it, it is one of those things, like trying to remember as adults, we don't eat the same every day. Babies and children don't either. I was going to say something where it's completely about my spaghetti hoops. You threw me with spaghetti hoops. Now I'm just like, oh, spaghetti hoops. I feel like Homer Simpson. Oops. He does it for beer. I do it for hoops, right? Um, uh, I think one of, I mean, you've given me a lot of good advice over the years, but one of the best pieces of advice you <laughs> you, uh, you gave me was about feeding them until they, they said no. Because um, I think at least to begin with, they're not, so intuitive now but I think it helps them be more intuitive eaters and I think I was I was most on it with that with Indy and I, again I know it's different personalities yeah. but she is she is much better at eating until she's she eats when she's hungry a lot but she does eat till she's full and she mostly eats more savory things um I wasn't as good with the boys because they, they're they just get fed whatever <laughs> 
Do you know, I think it's quite interesting as well, though, because I do, and need to do more research into this, but I do actually think that boys have a sweeter tooth in general. Mm. Like, my two definitely do. Uh, Emily, I was going to call her Indy, Emily would, um, you know, she would always choose Alfie, I guess, more so than Harry, but Emily, without a shadow of a doubt, if, you'd off- if you offer her, like, a roast beef dinner or a cheesecake, yeah. she would take the roast yeah, beef Indy dinner too. every time. Whereas Harry, without a shadow of a doubt, yeah. would always Same go for the, the cheesecake. Boys, yeah. like, might be gender or it might just be personality. Like, a very good friend of mine who's got two girls and they could not be more different. I remember she took them to the supermarket and she said, um, she said, right, you can go and choose a treat. And uh, her youngest one, Thea, popped off and came back with, like, a bag of, like, strawberry laces or something super naughty and her eldest daughter came back with a bag of quinoa (laughs) (laughs) I love that and and Laura was like really you want and she's like yeah I really want to try it I mean she she has the most sophisticated palate of any child I've ever met and she doesn't have a remotely sweet tooth (laughs) that is so funny I'm going to try that with my team and see what they come up with. Yeah, it's quite a good wee test, isn't it? I mean, well, I say that, but it would cause massive battles, I think, unless you're having like a yes day. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks so much, Rebecca. We hope that helped. As I said, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can on the socials or on our website. We'd love to hear from you. There is no set in stone way to predict how and when your baby will grow. Sometimes a growth spurt hits overnight and a sleep suit that fitted the day before suddenly won't snap together. Some growth spurts can feel like they last considerably longer though. Wildly, researchers have even found that babies tend to grow faster in the spring than at any other time of year. We lambs. Isn't that amazing? There's no evidence that growth spurts actually hurt babies. Older children can sometimes experience growing pains like throbbing in the legs or thighs as their body stretches like we talked about. That said, it is exhausting for both of you. It's likely you both need more sleep, but it can be hard to find. So try to make it a priority if you can. As ever, we hope this helped. Look after yourselves and sleep soon. (laughs) 